I mean, we all collect data from different sources. At the end of the day, someone had the original thought and then it's spun into lots of different positionings that are out there. And I believe that our own original thoughts are a combination of what we've learned and the experiences that we've had. So if you can tie in your own experience to what you've learned and the insights you've collected to share your perspective on a situation, that's what's going to be unique to you. Welcome to another episode of Listeners to Lead, where I'm helping podcasters launch and maintain a lead generating show. I'm your host, Alicia Galati, the CEO and head podcast strategist behind Galati Media, a full service podcast management company. On this show, you'll hear my guests and I discuss everything it takes to launch a successful podcast and keep it running. If you're ready to get leads, land speaking gigs, and create deeper connections with your audience through your podcast, then this is the show for you. Today on the podcast, we have Lori Hivey. She is an incredible human being. Absolutely loved having this conversation with her. We are talking all about using your podcast to maximize your thought leadership, but we go into like, what is thought leadership? What does that even mean? How in the world can we utilize it to grow our audience and show up as a quote-unquote thought leader for our industry. We also talk strategic digital marketing, which if you know anything about me, you know I love a good digital marketing strategy. So we talk a little bit about that as well. This episode is gonna be fantastic if you are looking to utilize your podcast as a thought leadership platform, but also if you're just a business owner who is looking to grow your business using digital marketing, then this is going to be great for you. Hello, Lori. I'm so excited to chat with you today. If you could just tell everyone who you are, what you do, a little bit about your business, and then also about your podcast. Oh, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. I'm the CEO and founder of Keystone Click. We are a strategic digital marketing agency. We help our clients build brand awareness and generate leads online. I've been doing this since 2008 with my company. Been in the digital marketing and just marketing ecosystem for over 20 years now. My podcast is called Social Capital. So I interview professionals globally on the topic of networking. I think I'm at episode number... 360 something. <laughs> Congratulations. So, thank you. Yeah, I've, I've got a little bit of experience under my belt in the podcasting world. Yeah. Okay. So now I want to know, like, what's the number one thing you've learned after that many episodes? A couple of things I would say, first and foremost, make it easy for your guests to feel comfortable because if you're going to have guests on your show, that's really that can make or break the show. I'm sure you've you've learned that. Really having a conversational feel and not making it sound scripted is is just going to make it so much better. So I always open my shows with like we're just having a conversation, kind of like what you just did for me. So that kudos to you, nicely done. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yes, I think it's so important. There's there's something to be said, right, with the rapport of like. Having a either a pre-call, I've had people do that where they will like, all right, let's talk for 15 minutes and then we'll book something to, you know, make sure that it's a good fit for both of us. Or they'll take the first five, 10 minutes before hitting record to get to know each other, just kind of feel each other out for a few seconds and make sure that it's going to be a good vibe. What about, do you have solo episodes on your show? Is there anything that you can 
Yeah, I've I've done some solo casts, and actually, I found um, what works best for me is I take some other like webinars or canned presentations that I've given, and I'm kind of re-lecturing that information, but just really focusing on making it strong from an audio sense and help to paint the picture of any illustrations that are on that deck. So having a plan of what I'm going to say instead of just kind of going off on some random tangents without any real purpose or intent behind the message has definitely worked better on the solo casting side of things. Yes, I 100% agree with that. I always have to at least have something of an outline or like a plan of where I'm kind of going. And like you said, if there is a presentation that I've done in the past, I'll have it visually in front of me, making sure that I'm kind of explaining what I'm seeing in a way that still makes sense from an audio standpoint. Totally. We have clients where they'll repurpose things like that. And they'll do maybe some Facebook lives or Instagram lives. Guys, please don't ever do that. <laughs> but, you know, some people do. They like to repurpose those. I totally get it from an audio standpoint. It doesn't always come across great. But if that's what you need to do and that's what you love to do, then whatever. They tend to, as they're talking, say, oh, so-and-so, I love that you had this question. They won't really read the question. They'll just answer the question. So if you do plan on repurposing that kind of content, like Lori said, making sure that you're keeping the audio side in mind and saying, we have this question, read it out, maybe for the people who are I mean, even if they're watching, most people don't have their phone at their face. They might be doing other things as they're listening. So reading it out and then using that for the conversations, or if you do go back, edit out the parts where you say people's names, because the people who are listening in their car are like, what are you talking about? And who are Mm -hmm. you talking to? (laughs) Yep. Yeah, or even noting that, okay, this this comes from an original deck, and you can download the deck at, you know, so someone can maybe follow along if they actually want to, but yeah, you really have to understand what the experience is that you're providing to the, to the listener. Yes, 100%. And making sure, adding to that, what your goal is, right? So if your goal is to have a high-quality audio experience, then knowing that you might not get that from the original. And so like Lori does, reusing that content and doing it in an audio format is perfect. And you don't have to reinvent the wheel there. Just sit down, take some time and create it that way. Love that. Now, today we're going to talk about maximizing your thought leadership with podcasting. And typically we're talking growing your business, getting leads, which does tie in to thought leadership for sure. But it's a different aspect, right, of podcasting. So if you could just talk a little bit about where someone should start in wanting to use their podcast to become a thought leader, where is that like starting point of, all right, this is what I'm going to use my podcast for? At the end of the day, you have to get really clear on what it is that you're trying to do. What is the objective you're trying to achieve at the end of the day? And then who is the audience that you're trying to get in front of? And the better that you can understand that audience, the better you're going to have clarity around that message that you really want to, you know, hang your hang your hat on, wave your flag at, whatever it is. And, and having some clarity, you know, we've all heard the phrase, keep swimming your lane, you know, and, and you know, don't don't cross lanes. So the clearer you are on that message and, and the more focused you are on a message, 
the more niche the message is, the stronger the audience is going to come to you. But understanding that audience and what is that message that's going to resonate with them is is super important. So I purposely went broad with my podcast. You know, I, I figured my goal lead generation is obviously a number of people have talked about, but I actually have three purposes for my podcast. Um, so one is, is lead generation, two is thought leadership, and three was to really just be an advocate f- from an educational standpoint, which kind of ties in the thought leadership a little bit. And I'll just quick backstory. I was an adjunct professor at the local university and a number of the students didn't know anything about networking, which is what my show about was about. A lot of them wanted some additional support. And, you know, I had to stick to the curriculum that I was allowed to teach, but said, hey, listen to my podcast and you're going to learn from professionals around the world some of the best networking tips available. I tie in my expertise related to digital marketing because at the end of the day, business is about relationships, you know, mm-hmm. and marketing is an element of how you generate new business with potentially getting in front of that new person. So I am able to tie in that core theme of networking to the legion activities. But the thought leadership component here, I purposely went broad to have a big reach. I knew that my audience is business professionals and I identified what is the one common denominator across business professionals. And the answer that I came up with was networking. Everyone that's in business has to do some sort of networking. So there's my topic and I went deep on it. And I'm gonna interview people that do it very well, let them tell their story. You know, some fun things that have come from it, which I, I, when I started this, I never even thought about this. I thought it would be hard for me to find guests. But what was fascinating is I created a good experience, which we talked about, mm-hmm. and the people that I interviewed on my show around the topic of networking, after I stopped recording, they said, you know who else you should meet? And yep. then it just was a natural thing that happened. So I've never had an issue of finding guests to be on my show because so many people love to talk about and share this experience. Yes. Oh, so many good things there. So you talked about how you're using your podcast for three goals. Absolutely love that, that you have nailed those down. And even though you did go broader, you're still going really deep, which I think is really important and allowing you to really get clear on, okay, this is what I'm going to talk about. And I'm not going to deviate from this. And like you said, this is my lane. I'm going to stay in it. Mm-hmm. I think people who are like, I'm going to have a podcast. It's going to be great. It's a great idea. Like, yes, it is. I love podcasting, obviously. Mm-hmm. But I don't think everybody should do it. <laughs> sure. You you have to be very clear on what your goal is and where you want to take your audience and what journey you want to kind of guide them on, even as a thought leader, even as a business owner, in really ensuring that they're not like, oh, wait, this makes no sense for this show. Why am I listening to this? This has this is nothing to do with what I thought this show was going to be about. Exactly. Going back to thought leadership. As we're talking, I'm thinking there might be people out there who are like, well, what what is thought leadership? Like, is it just me showing up and saying, hey, I've got these thoughts and here you go to you. What is thought leadership? Thought leadership, at least in my perspective, is a a term really aligned with the B2B space. It's basically the influencer in the B2B space. You don't hear a lot of B2B influencers, but those thought leaders in the B2B space are influencers. They're those that are showcasing their expertise, 
creating a following because of the sound counsel and advice and, and insight that they're sharing. When it comes to influencers or any sort of following, people connect with other people basically because of an emotional an educational or intellectual level, okay? Those are those three things that I've identified why people engage with anyone at, at the end of the day. In the business, the business space, it's very heavily focused on that intellectual side. You know, you can tie in the emotion, you can tie in the entertainment side of it, but at the end of the day, B2B uh, listeners want to be educated, and there's a lot of data out there on that. I'm sure you're, you're very aware of that. So putting yourself in the position of being the educator is basically being that thought leader. And you can repurpose other uh, insights that you've collected and learned with your own perspective and spin on it, or you can do your own research and, and have your own thoughts and, and data that's being pushed out there. But at the end of the day, it's all about educating and adding value to your audience. Mm. Do you find that it has to be like you said, where it's a, a more original spin or can it be repurposing it as like, this is a good idea rather than I had this thought. I mean, we all collect data from different sources. At the end of the day, someone had the original thought and then it's spun into lots of different positionings that are out there. And I believe that our own original thoughts are a combination of what we've learned and the experiences that we've had. So if you can tie in your own experience to what you've learned and the insights you've collected to share your perspective on a situation, that's what's going to be unique to you. Yes, I love that. There's quite a few people that have come to me and they're like, I can't do solos, right? I have such a hard time doing solo episodes. I just want to talk to people. I just want to have guests on. And so one thing that I've recommended is that they do almost like a hot takes section, either before or after the actual interview where they're sharing, this is how I feel about it or incorporating it into the conversation. Do you have any other tips or tricks for that for people who are like, okay, solos are not my thing. I just have a hard time being like, I'm this person. I know imposter syndrome can like tie into that a bit, right? For sure. Yep. <laughs> but any tips to like still utilize that guest expert side and having guest experts on your show very often, but still being able to show up as that thought leader as well? Yeah, it's extremely important to have your own space to really let you stand out and kind of shine at, at the end of the day. And it's no different than doing public speaking or writing a blog, you know, it, it creating YouTube videos for yourself, whatever it is, you still need to be the one that's at the top. So if you're nervous, I mean, you know, easily podcasting is great because you, you don't have to worry so much about the video features <laughs> <laughs> and you can edit a million times. So, you know, as we talked about earlier, create a script whether it's bullet points or word for word, and just practice it. And the more you do it, the better you're going to get at it. There's no doubt about that. I mean, I was terrified when I first started. And if, if you go back and listen to show number one versus, you know, the show that just went out last week, there's a huge difference in, in my confidence and the tone of the conversation. It just takes practice, just like anything else that's out there. And if you're going to not do it, you're going to hurt yourself. And just get over that initial hurdle of, imposter syndrome. And when you do it, you realize it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. It, it's always that scenario. The more you do it, the better you're going to get at it. So just 
know what you're going to say, and if anything, act like there's an audience in front of you and you're giving a lecture. There you go. Yeah. For the generating lead side, how do you recommend that people use their thought leadership to then say, hey, I have stuff you can buy or you can work with me since, you know, we're talking more specifically in the B2B space. And if someone is going to you for education, they might not always connect the dots of I can purchase from you as well if they're getting this free education. You know, you're in digital marketing. So like, we're just going to pull from that, right? Oh, I'm I'm game. I'm on board. (laughs) What are some strategies that you recommend people do utilizing their podcast or other Mm -hmm. avenues to ensure that like, hey, I have stuff you can buy, you can buy from me? So first off, the easy one is make your business the sponsor of your show. So my show is Social Capital and every episode opens sponsored by Keystone Click. And we have a quick little 30 second commercial mid show that talks about our offering. So if you're not doing that, that's wasted free advertising space right there. You already have the attention of the listener. Get your message in front of them. But more of the the strategic side of it. Yes, I, I can interview anyone globally on the topic of networking, but I also have a target list of individuals that I would love to be doing business with. Mm. So I identify who I want to be doing business with and I look at who else in my circle that is similar to them or that I've already interviewed because then I can reach out to them and say, hey, it looks like you'd be a really good guest on the show or I ask someone co- to connect me to, to get them on the show. So I'm starting to build that rapport and that relationship with them instead of saying, hey, you need to hire Keystone Click to redo your website. You know, <laughs> right. that's just that's not going to happen. I'm never going to get inside that company and to have that conversation. But to interview them on this show is way less threatening. And and I like to refer to it as a Trojan horse of sales because I'm building the rapport. And when the time comes that they're potentially ready to do their website or hire us for social media management, whatever it is that they need, I am at least one of the people that they've had a conversation with and will likely come back to. Now, it's not just a one and done. You have to nurture that relationship over time. So we actually leverage marketing automation within our CRM system to really give them some positive feedback about the show, let them know, you know, how downloads, the reach, you know, we're tagging and advocating for them on social media, but they're in our drip and they they get messages from us on a very consistent basis for about six months after the episode goes live. Interesting. Yeah, no, that is really fascinating. I have heard it both ways with like, I totally agree. Trojan horse. Yes. (laughs) That's such a great strategy to interview people Mm -hmm. who could potentially work with you or refer business to you, right? Like, Uh like going back to that networking, it's all about either getting someone who is, you know, hey, you're going to be a biz friend, and that's great. Or hey, you're going to be a referral or hey, you're going to actually do business with me and like keeping in mind that you don't really have to like fit anyone anywhere. Really, it's just letting them kind of fall into place wherever they need to be in that time and space. The drip sequence after the fact, I have heard it both ways. Really, it's set up so that it's coming directly from me. It's it's a one-to-one message. It's not a blast. So the first one is, hey, your episode is live. Here's some canned posts that you can use to promote the show. And then the second one is a value add, uh, just educating them. Here's a resource I made. If you're interested in starting a podcast, here's some, you know, a tool tip sheet type thing. Mm-hmm. And then I ask for a rating review on, on iTunes. We know how valuable that is. 
but yeah, it's just a series of educational stuff that's really focused around the business of Keystone mm. Click. So it transitions from networking to to marketing. Okay. Yeah. No, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah. I also send snail mail too. So it's not just the email. So they get stuff in the mail from me. They get a handwritten thank you note. And then um, depending on the strategic targeted uh, guests, mm-hmm. they also get a picture frame with a quote of something they said uh, during the show. Nice. That is, I feel, going to set you apart than any other shows that they might be on. Mm-hmm. I know you mentioned that you don't have a hard time finding guests because people are like, hey, this person, or hey, this mm-hmm. person, or have this person on. And you mentioned before that you were in the academic space. I remember we had this client where she was trying to get people in the academic space, and it was like pulling teeth, trying to get people. They were like, what is a podcast? Have you found that you've ever had to... Like when you reach out to someone and you really want to get them on your show that you've ever had to educate them of like, this is what a podcast is. Yep. Or this oh, is yeah. what I'd like you to talk about. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. I mean, not, you know, some of my target audience has no clue what a podcast is. Uh, we, we heavily pursue the manufacturing space and, you know, they're still li- listening to AM sports radio in the car. They're not because <laughs> they don't know anything else, which is fine. You know, not bashing them. You know, it's just that they're. They're, they're, they've got a way of doing things and, and that's what they're used to. And, and so I just, I always like to say it's, it's the Netflix of, of radio. I mean, I don't know how else to describe it. It's, you know, choose your own adventure and what you want to listen to instead of what you want to watch. But yeah, it's, it's something you have to do is, is educate the audience on, on what it is and what, if you're going to interview someone, they don't even know what it is you're doing. You're just saying, we're just recording a conversation. That's all we're doing. Yes. <laughs> and I'm going to make you look awesome and share it to my whole network. <laughs> yep, exactly. My background is in manufacturing, and so I totally get it. <laughs> yep, yep. I... Sounds like you and I got to chit-chat a little bit yes. further than after this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I remember when I first started listening to podcasts, this was back in like 2015. My boss was like, a what? Like, what are you talking about? Like the radio? And I'm like, no, <laughs> it's not what it is. It's different. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> like just trying to explain it was like exhausting. For sure. I can't explain it to you. But I do find that most of the guys that I worked with, they would listen to satellite radio. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, you know how you can pick which channel you want to listen to and you don't really get like a lot of ads. You can like, that's how it is. It's different <laughs> than just regular mm-hmm. radio. <laughs> Man. Is there anything else that you want to talk about that we haven't covered or more of those like digital marketing strategies that are going to help people grow their thought leadership on that podcasting side? Yeah, you know, from a marketing perspective, it's really important to promote the show and Mm -hmm. make it easy for your guests to promote the episode as well. I mean, some basics in social media, when you post something, tag the person, tag their company, use the hashtags that are available. Let them know that you shared it so that they can then share it on social media as well. I mean, these are some of the basics, but it's also things that I think are are often missed. Uh, you may have a hashtag for your show so that people, uh, you know, like B2B, LinkedIn, people follow hashtags. A lot of people follow certain hashtags. So if you start having a hashtag for your show, it makes it easier for people to be notified when new episodes are, are published as well. No, that's really good. And those are like some 
basic things. Mm -hmm. Those are like, they're not going to take you a lot of extra time if you're already promoting your show. You can always use templates. Like these are some very basic things. Mm -hmm. We have a template that we use where it's an email that my executive assistant sends out to the guests. And it's like, hey, yay, your episode is live. Here is where you can follow Alicia on social so they can connect with me in these places. Mm -hmm. And that's usually where I'll promote it. If you don't remember what we talked about, here are the bullet points so that it goes very clearly on like, if it was months ago, because most of the time I'm recording a few months behind. And so when their episode goes live, like, what did we talk about? I don't remember. Mm -hmm. So here are the bullet points. Here are some of your quotes. We've got some quotables you can share. Here's a regular like white background picture so that if they're like hey this is not on brand your bright red is not on brand like okay i get that here's a white one (laughs) and making it super easy for them to share and Mm -hmm. also realizing that not everyone is going to share yep you're going to have hit and miss but as long as you do what you can on your end to tag them notify them hey here's some easy things you can do that's gonna make it so much easier in the long run for them to promote it Absolutely. Yeah. And you don't have to promote a show just once. I mean, there's no rules that say you recorded it, you published it, you can only put it out there once. As long as the content is is evergreen and have a long shelf life, it's not time sensitive, throw it out there numerous times. I mean, I've got some, you know, top 10 guests and episodes that I share quite frequently because I know they're good shows. So why not share it again and, and build that listenership more and more? Yes. And even especially, I mean, we're coming off the holidays, but if you do have holiday specific episodes, go back, reshare them. The content is most likely going to be valuable the next year around. Like we have some clients where they'll talk around values during the holidays or like boundaries and like, that's good. Anytime that there's a Mm -hmm. holiday that you're going to be interacting with family members that you need some boundaries with. So share that all the time whenever there's, you know, going to be that time where people are going to need that reminder and that thing. I love that you're doing that top 10. And that's something that I don't think people do enough of. For that, I know there are some people where they will take a Spotify playlist and do, you know, episodes that they've been featured on or Mm -hmm. podcasts they've been featured on, which is great. But even doing a top 10 of their own show, I think is a great easy way to get people to listen to your show. And that way you're not overwhelming them with, hey, we have, you know, like you have 300 odd episodes that would feel a little overwhelming. Where do I start? Right. But if you've got these, hey, these are 10 that are quick value. You're going to get great information from them. They're industry leaders. Here you go. That's a quick, easy win too for listeners to be able to get that that information. For sure. And it's a good year-end wrap-up too. I mean, it's perfect time of year to say, here's the, my 10 favorite episodes from this past year and push them out on social again. Nothing, nothing wrong with doing that. Yeah. And it takes a few minutes to create a Spotify playlist, right? Like it's not, mm-hmm. it's not like, oh no, how do I do this? Like keep mm-hmm. it simple, keep it easy for people. Awesome. This has been so much fun. And I've loved the just the information that you've given the value that you've been able to add for this episode. Can you let everybody know where they can find you where they can listen to your show? And if they want to say hello, then where they can do that. Awesome. Yeah. So again, the business is keystoneclick.com. If you're interested in that socialcapitalpodcast.com. I've got all my episodes there. Otherwise, all the mainstream channels, you can subscribe 
I'm very active on LinkedIn, so just look for Lori Hybe. I post almost daily related to marketing tips, resources, value-add information, and every single episode is published there as well. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here, Lori. I had such a great time talking to you. Uh, Great conversation. Thank you so much for the invite. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Listeners to Leads. If you found something in this episode valuable, I would really appreciate it if you shared it with a friend who you know would also get value from it. Want to send me a message? My favorite place to hang out is Instagram. You can find me at alicia.galati. Let me know what your favorite takeaway was from the episode. And don't forget, turning those listeners into leads is actually easy.